time now for Freaky Friday. And today we've got Sandy on the line. Sandy, are you there? Hello. Hello, Jesse. How's it going? Very good, thanks. Very good. I think we've got a couple of stories from you, Sandy. You were going to tell us about a cafe, and then while you were chatting to us about that, you mentioned something even weirder. So maybe can we get the uh, <laughs> the cafe story first, please? Yeah, because it's a relatively short one. I mean, I was, you know, when I sent it on, I thought, that's not that freaky at all. But I was, you know, school holidays, my wife and daughter were out going to get some lunch and do some shopping and do some things. And I said, look, I'll come and, you know, meet you guys for lunch. Just let me know where you're going to be. And so they beetled off. And, um, you know, it gets towards lunchtime. We'd agreed we'd meet around 12.30. So I set off for Boxton where I knew they were going to be. And um, there's a few places they could have gone. And... Uh, well, I'm going there, I'm listening to national radio, and a song came on that I hadn't heard, like, for, I mean, generations, you know, literally for years, and because it's a bit freaky, a bit trippy. The um, White Rabbit song by is it Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, yeah, lyrics, I played, I played it just the other day, actually. It's kind of a, <laughs> the lyrics are, it's kind of trippy the song. pretty surreal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, clearly, clearly, you know, what they're on something when they wrote it. But anyway, so I'm driving down the line listening, down, listening to White Rabbit, and the text comes in from my wife, we're at the Little White Rabbit. And as, I, as I pull up at the cafe, the song's still playing, and I thought, that's weird. <laughs> I love that. Very good. So that's a, that's a good coincidence, that one, Sandy. And then tell, yes. us, tell us about your days back in the Army. Yeah, so when I left school, didn't know what to do, so I joined the Army. I was a truck driver, and um, having the time of my life, it was, it was great. And we used to charge around, you know, rural country roads in the middle of the night, which isn't very safe, but I'm sure they don't do it anymore. You know, with, with no lights on, what's more? <laughs> we were once um, driving around rural Northland and a bunch of farmers pitched up with shotguns in the middle of the night thinking we were rustling their cattle, obviously. But this particular trip, we'd been driving for on exercise for for weeks, and we were, I was tired, you know, you don't get much sleep, it's not, it's not, there's nowhere comfortable to sleep, so you get, you get exhausted, and we're driving in the middle of the night, it's literally two o'clock in the morning, I'm the Turakina Valley Road, which is a really remote, you know, really nice road, but it's in the middle of nowhere, sort of Wanganui, Manawatu, yeah. Wanganui district. And we're heading through there. I don't know where we're going. I hadn't been on it before. It's pitch black and it starts to rain. I'm in an old Bedford truck and, um, you know, the fumes and the rain and the windscreen wipers sort of click clicking and so on and just nodded off, you know, <laughs> as you do when you're naked and then wake yeah. up with a bang, you know. Like a real bang, and the truck's on its side. You know, we're literally sideways, me and my co-driver. And the guy from the truck behind me sort of comes up and walks up on the wheel and pulls the door open and looks down at us and said, you guys okay? He said, yeah, no, we're fine. I said, you must be in a ditch, mate. I, said, I reckon I might be. Yeah. So anyway, you know, he helps us get out, and we get out the weapons and gear and stand on the road and scratch our heads. And what should we do now? Well, bugger all we can do. So we hop in his truck and head back to the camp to get a night's kip and come back with the, the big hook in the morning to rescue the truck out of the ditch. So we arrived back in daylight and the truck isn't in a ditch, is it? It's, it's kind of hooked up in a tree. What? <laughs> and it, it's, the only, it's the only tree on that side of the road that was man enough to hold a truck up for a couple of k's in either directions. And the truck is dangling over a cliff face. Oh. So, <laughs> so we're kind of looking at it and deep breathing and, you know, literally, uh, well... Hell. <laughs> how 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 big's the cliff? Uh, over a hundred meters down to the river. It's it's a big big high drop off. It's pretty cool when you look at it. You know, I've been up there recently to show my wife and told her story. She said, 
you're kidding. You know, it was like you just can't really take it in because it was just so shocking that there's this vehicle on the only thing that could support it dangling above this cliff, you know. And um, If you'd, so if you'd come off the roads in any other spot. Anywhere, yeah, oh, straight over the bluff and straight down into the river. Oh, you know? my God. <laughs> so, yeah, unsurvivable, as we found out because of what happened next. So, so we hooked the big hook truck up to some pine trees on the other side of the road. So if my truck went, it wouldn't take the hook truck with it. And this is an old four-wheel drive RL Bedford. It's a decent-sized truck, you know. Um, anyway, so we're dragging the chain across the road to hook up to the, you know, the tow, tow bar on the tow hook on the truck. And then the tree just collapsed, oh. you know, just last gasp and, and off she went. And before we put the, before we put the chain on, just literally as we were just about to put the, put the chain on, it went. And so down she went and we're talking head over heels, rolling, tumbling, bits flying everywhere, you know, completely destroyed on the way down and then landed with a thump in the, in the, in the river, upside down, you know, flattened. And, but didn't explode like in the movies. There was no, no fire. No. <laughs> but we're just looking at it. You know, my mate was, was from the truck behind had come to help us rescue it. He's cheering it on as it goes down, obviously, because it's quite exciting for him. <laughs> and you got but a good yeah, look at what would have happened to you if that tree hadn't been there oh, or if you'd stayed in there yeah. Uh, yeah, much it, it, longer. Fell and tumbled, it fell and tumbled for long enough for you to see that the cabin was completely flattened. Because it landed on its, on its nose Sandy, in the cliff face. Sandy, thank you for truck. the story. I've got Peter standing by as well, but you've uh, totally spooked me, mate, and I'm really glad you've survived <laughs> to tell the story. Cheers, Jesse. That's Sandy Abbott with his story, fun story of the cafe, and then a pretty scary story about his truck back in the day at the uh, Turakina Valley. Well, let's go now to Peter, Coop, uh, Peter Cooper in beautiful Rotorua. Hi, I'm Peter Cooper, and this is my Freaky Friday story. In 1990, in the days before cell phones, at a time when travellers still thought post-restante was a glorious innovation, I'd left New Zealand on what ended up being a year-long journey to Britain via North America and Asia. I'd spent two months on an ecology trip in Alaska and northern Canada, then a month working in a gold mining operation near Dawson City the centre of the 1898 Klondike Gold Rush in the Canadian Yukon Territory. I was the night shift box tender, blasting gold-bearing gravels in a Swiss box with a water cannon while the northern lights danced and shimmered overhead. I then hitchhiked from the Yukon down into Montana in the US, then across the States, and four months after leaving New Zealand was in the badlands of South Dakota. Badlands are in the Midwest of the USA. They're a dry and desolate national park. The Badlands are off the main beaten track, and you've got to make a conscious effort to go there. I'd been camping in the Badlands for three days when I decided to hit the road again. Because I was hitchhiking and it was so isolated, I wanted to maximise my chance of getting a lift. So I thought I'd get cracking early. This was unusual for me. Normally, I never got going before 11am. By 9am, I'd packed my tent and was hitching up the road. An hour and a half passed as I trudged up the hills and around the bends. My pack was huge. The sun beat down. And as I trudged on, the only occasional vehicles that passed were Winnebago's. Winnebago's are enormous American camper vans the size of buses. As I slogged up the hill in the sweltering heat, 
my mind drifted to the New Zealand Winnebago equivalent, a Maui camper van. I thought of my New Zealand friends, Jeff and Anne Louise, whose parents were the only people I knew with a camper van in New Zealand. Before leaving New Zealand four months earlier, I'd given Jeff a call to tell him that I was off to Vancouver the next day. He'd said, You bastard, you've beaten us by a month. He told me that a month later they would be flying first to San Diego, then Argentina for a conference, before returning to the US where they'd buy a van and go skiing, canoeing and windsurfing around the United States. The last thing I said to him was, I'll probably see you there. We both said, ha ha, as we hung up. I thought, if I ever see a VW Combi van with skis and canoes on top, I'll know it's them. And they'll probably not stop for me either until they've passed and realise it's me and reverse back. Then I'll be able to tell them off for not picking up every hitchhiker. I was away with the fairies. Stop it, I thought. You're getting delirious in the heat. Concentrate on this wonderful terrain. Fifty metres further up the road, a brown Nissan car approached. It passed and then suddenly swerved onto my side of the road. A voice came from behind, Peter Bloody Cooper. Strangely, I didn't recognise the voice, but because I'd been thinking about Jeff and Louise all the way up that hill, I said, Jeff Bloody Bates, and it was them. Before GPS and mobile phones and Google Maps, the timings and placings for a chance meeting of friends in a country the size of America are incredible. What if I'd spent more time gold mining in the Yukon? What if I hadn't started unusually earlier that morning? Or what if Anne Louise hadn't been able to persuade Jeff to change his mind and leave the main road for just a quick look at the Badlands? Chance meetings in remote places do happen. The most interesting thing to me, though, is that I was thinking about Jeff and Anne Louise all the way up that hill. Can I say, Peter, that was beautifully told as well for Freaky Friday, and I did get goosebumps. Couldn't help it.